You were speaking yesterday on the show about uh, wind energy and Billy Kelleher, uh, Fianna Fáil MEP for Ireland South, was saying Ireland is at risk because of a lack of infrastructure, a lack of skilled marine planners and planners for the marine space and other issues that we were risking squandering the potential that we have for offshore wind energy in particular. And basically we needed to get our act together in relation to that. Uh, Yesterday... Coincidentally, Minister Eamon Ryan, Minister for Environment, Climate, Communications, welcomed the Cabinet approval for plans to accelerate the delivery of 5 gigawatts of offshore wind by 2030. This will deliver a secure, sustainable and cost-effective supply of Indigenous energy for future generations while unlocking green energy export opportunities. The policy statement on the framework for Phase 2 offshore wind will be published later this week. It outlines how the first auction for offshore wind under the Renewable Energy Support Scheme will launch by the end of 2023 following a public consultation on draft auction terms and conditions in the middle of this year. The first auction relates to the delivery of offshore wind capacity on the south coast of Ireland geographically aligned with available onshore grid capacity. This auction and all subsequent Phase 2 auctions will result in the development of offshore wind capacity within an offshore renewable energy designated areas. These areas will be designated according to legislative provisions for designated maritime area plans and the Maritime Area Planning Act. It will guide investment and decision making and will complement the forthcoming network of marine protected areas. The plan-led approach will ensure the development is managed in a planned, strategic and sustainable way. Importantly, it will provide greater certainty for all maritime users as to where the developments will be situated. And that is a crucial element of the offshore winds, providing certainty for all maritime users as to where developments will be situated. Well, there are plans um, in initial phases for offshore wind terminals to be located off the coast of Clare and off the coast of Kerry. And the ESP have been organising public consultations and public meetings with local communities. One was in Ballybunion recently, the other in Castle Gregory and with me in the line was one uh, member of, of the community and, and Sinn Féin representative for West Kerry Robert Brosnan who's contacted the programme over concerns that people have locally Robert good morning to you thanks for joining us in the programme good, good morning Jerry. good but morning Jerry. Talk, thanks for giving me the opportunity no yeah. problem before we talk about what Eamon Ryan is saying and how this is all going to be organised in terms of auctions and where these wind farms are going to be these offshore wind farms are going to be what are the concerns you're saying fishing and marine tourism activities, people are worried. Why? Well, they're, they're multifaceted concerns. I'd I, I be grateful if you give me the opportunity to, to try and tease them out because under the veneer there is quite a few. Um, you know, I like, I think government policy on this are, is m- missing a vital ingredient which is, you know, needed in all good policies, namely logic and common sense, but luckily for the green theorists, they're been backed by Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael because common sense and logic is not necessary ingredient in their policies either. We're satisfying big business and promoting capitalism. The agenda there is, but I'm a pragmatist, I'm a realist, I'm an activist, and I am an environmentalist. And I'd like to say it's a huge concern for everyone, climate change. And we all need to do, we have to have, we all have a responsibility to do what we can to help. But if helping the situation involves the loss of a tradition, the loss of jobs, the loss of our wildlife, you'd have to question that policy. And some of the concerns that were being raised at the symposium in Castle Gregory 
and at a meeting we had with vested interests with Ono Brin and Pad Daly recently were highlighted to us and it would be remiss of me to ignore them or anybody else that's involved in it because so, so what are, what are the concerns made. Rob what are, you, what are the fears that these floating terminals would how would they lead to loss of wildlife loss of jobs and loss of, of fishing well, the fishing industry, like it's a tradition that's gone back generations, maybe 10, 12 generations in certain families, and they have traditional rights to certain grounds. They fish like locally here, the bank, the bosch, and the software. And the the scale, the, the sheer enormity of the, the proposed wind farms are a fierce concern because they will envelope or cover a lot of that ground. Like, for example, the Valinch Island Energy Limited Company are proposing that 224 square kilometres be covered for phase one and 161 square kilometres for phase two. So phase one would involve 93 windmills and I think it's 81 windmills for phase Two. Um, so the enormity of it is, is, is frightening people because when you put the, the square kilometres in context, you're looking at an area similar in size to the peninsula of Dingle being put out on the ocean. Oh, I don't know. Um, there are other concerns. And which, do, do we know which just on that, Robert? So. Just, just do we know? Like there isn't a single floating turbine yet built off the west coast, and there's only one 25-year-old um, stationary offshore wind farm off the coast of, of the east coast of this country do we know what effect they will have will fishermen not be able to fish in between the terminals and and will, will it mean yeah, are, are you suggesting yeah, it would mean thing. and I don't know are you suggesting it would mean that that level of area will be off limits to, to fishermen yeah well like if you just if you just elevated if, I, I presume you've probably a book or a piece of paper in front of you if you just elevated that piece of paper to eye level there and imagine the four corners of that is the platform and you'll be shooting down at that off of that platform not straight down not anchoring it straight down because these things are top heavy so the, 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 they're, they're inclined to topple over unless they're properly supported. So it's similar to like a tripod and a camera or anything. They have to be supported to the seabed and there may be six braided wires running down off of each platform. But the formula is the height multiplied by eight. So the height in this case is 300 metres and you multiply that by eight, it's 2.4 kilometres. So you're looking at wires running for 2.4 kilometres before they hit the seabed to give a sufficient angle to stabilise the platform. So what you're looking at then, if you can imagine, the two windmills might be 1.5 or 2 kilometres apart. That will be within the range of the anchor point. So if you dip your head underneath that piece of paper now and imagine what you might be able to see of the surface, you'll see a web of wires. And that web of wires will by default stop any fisherman from setting a lobster pot or a net in that area even though officially they're saying no there won't be an exclusion zone you can fish away lads but how can you fish in a web of wires like that and that's a double-edged sword for us because not only fishermen you're looking at wildlife trying to traverse through this area the injuries that they'll incur the, the, the entanglement that they all that sort of stuff and they're protected wildlife or humpbacks or minkies and connected to that we have an industry 
on the back of fungi, I suppose, and jingle, uh, there is a big industry after spawning out off of that with sea safaris and tour boats. My, some of my family are fishing. Some of them are involved in the marine industry side of it. And they're very concerned that these animals that are protected with their swim paths will be affected and they won't come back into yeah. the area. Yeah, and look, I, understand, I understand the concerns to that and obviously more study would have to go into that. I know there's been a number of European reports done on this as well, Robert. But what would you say to the argument, all right, it may disrupt to a certain level you know, swim paths for, for dolphins and, and for whales. It may affect the um, uh, fish to, uh, fishing ability. Uh, but what do you say to the wider um, environmental question that if we don't do this just let me finish uh, yeah. my point please Robert if we don't Sorry. Sorry. go by 2030 to 5 gigawatts if we don't replace the fossil fuels it'll be a far worse outcome for whales for fish for bird life for everything you're talking about there if we don't make this switch this right. is the only way the only way what's your response well, to that yeah, well this is well all, uh, DSB have admitted this is a slow burner it'll take at least 10 years anyway so we're going to miss the target an independent group has reported to the doll that we're going to miss the targets for 2030 so that's a misnomer in my view well, we've already that's missed on the west, that's on the west coast you're talking about the east coast it, it's a five year timeline is what we're hearing this is coming down the track at a rate of knots in yesterday's announcement no, the yeah, no, he, I understand well, you're saying man, there, yeah. there are, and there are, we mm. talked about it yesterday, there are infrastructure problems. We don't have a deep water port ready. We don't have the infrastructure ready in Phoenix yet. We have a shortage of marine planners to, to push all this through. They're only setting up the new marine planning agency. Myriad of problems, but eventually it will happen and it's going to come relatively soon in the context of it. My question to you is you're talking about wildlife concerns. What's your view to the fact that if we don't do this, the wildlife impact will be far greater? Well, my view is there are alternatives there, Jerry. You don't okay. have to What's throw on the What's the Sinn Féin alternative it. proposal for uh, energy then well, if we don't go with these four terminals? Yeah, well, my own personal alternative would be two-pronged, like you have the topography of County Kerry, just look at the rivers, lakes, streams, etc. Hydroelectric power built half of America. Why isn't there talk about hydroelectric? Why isn't there talk about um, covering the roofs of every GAA field or every sports complex, every agricultural outhouse with PV panels? paying the people the proper amount that the same amount per unit that a big business might be paid for exporting it onto the grid. Yeah, that's coming as well. That, that's, already, that's already in train. Well, well, it hasn't been and I've been pushed for it, it for that, 10 that's years. Part, no, I'm saying is that's, part, I know, that's part of the picture, Robert. That is going to, that's going to have to happen as well as the offshore terminal. So that's not an alternative. That's going to happen as well. Yeah to get us to where we're going. Okay, look, uh, if I can bring it back to a point which you made yourself, that the floating platforms haven't been tried and tested. Look at the frequency of the storms because of climate change. From September last year to December, you couldn't you couldn't go out in the weather that was there. The fishermen, most of the inshore boats were tied up. Try and imagine how how a crew is going to get onto one of these platforms if there's a problem, if things start falling apart, if things start falling into the ocean, what pollution, what dangers are going to cause for passing vessels because they'll be inaccessible. You're looking at waves of 13 metres high 
I know they're off the north, north coast of Scotland, but the, in the north coast of Scotland, they're not experiencing these wave heights. Any fisherman will tell you they have fished in Scotland or the west coast of Ireland. There's no comparison so between the are, west coast of Ireland. Are you suggesting that, that the west coast of Ireland is unsuitable for offshore terminals because of the... Well, it hasn't been tested. Why not, put up, why not put out a prototype? It hasn't been tested. Yeah. Why don't put out a prototype and see will it withstand... And, they, you know, when I come down to the Gals in the morning, going to work in Chile around 7 o'clock, I look to my left, I can see the clear coast from where, where yeah. I am. Do we want to, do we want to destroy our, our, you know, our coastline, which is unspoiled at the moment? These things are 300 yeah. metres I, look, high. I understand. I can so see you're saying, no, you're, you're, saying you're suggesting now that, that <sighs> you don't want the visual impact of them? Well, there has to be, that side of it has to be... See, the Valencia Island Energy Limited are talking about inside the six mile limit. I can see for 40 miles of the cloth. My eyesight isn't 20 20. Yeah. On a clear day. So I, I, that is in aspects. Like, there's people yeah. from all over the world come to, to visit our beautiful peninsula, and I would have concern on the northern okay. side. Let, if let, you stand on Lopez, you can see yeah. the Black Island. Let me put this point to you finally and briefly, Robert. You're talking there. You mentioned hydropower. Why hasn't that been um, considered as an alternative? There's an interesting piece by the journal this week, the noteworthy section of the journal. It's called Death by a Thousand Cuts Hydropower Killing, Injuring, and Trapping Fish by the Ton on the River Shannon. So, like every well, single, they, every they single, you know, every single, every single thing you do comes with a cost. It's a question of balancing the wider public good. And if we don't move away from fossil fuel, all what you're talking about will be lost anyway. What about that? And if you keep putting barriers up, it will only delay things further and will be too late. What's your response to that argument? Well, look at the practicalities of it. For me, there's always going to be an impact, but there's less environmental impact in consideration with this. And, and you have 25 families directly involved in the bring to tourism industry in Dingle, thousands of tourists, you have hundreds of fishermen, depending on the ground. They're an abandoned community. All that the support they're getting at the moment is decommissioned. That's all they want to do. Get them out. The last of the Mohicans, they're getting no support for nothing, and they're being downtrodden. If this was the Golden Vale, there would be uproar if they try to put these bloody things on valuable ground for farming community. Okay. And I, I, there I, I, there, like there the, already is uproar over, over onshore wind farms as we've covered in this programme over the last number of years which is, is part of the issue where people there are looking for offshore yeah. as, a, as an option to that. Okay, Robert, interesting point of view. We, we will definitely talk more about that. We'll hear from DSB and others in relation to how those meetings went but thanks for giving us your view on it in the programme this morning.